And once again, it's a pleasure to have you all back here. I don't know how your breaks went, but I had some interesting experiences and a couple I want to share with you. And I had a lot of drama in like in this past week. I'm not a huge fan of drama, uh, but my drama came with this group I've never really had drama with before. Usually we're pretty cool. Uh, those who you come here, they, this, these type of people come here all the time, and I'm talking about Amazon drivers. And it was just really, really frustrating for me. Um, on Tuesday, I had a package that said it was going to arrive between 7.30 and 9.30 p.m., and I don't like being here that late when we're not really open. So I started praying. I said, Lord, please send the Amazon driver here as soon as possible. And like literally, the Amazon driver was right in front of our building. And the, the, the driver sat there for 20 seconds, and then just drove away. And I sat there confused. And then I, I started, I'm like, I'm like, Lord, like what, like what, what, I don't, what was that? Like that doesn't make any sense. That's, so I went and logged into my Amazon account and it said attempt was made at 7.30. I don't know what Amazon defines as an attempt. Like they didn't even walk to the door. Like, you know, like I just, I was really, really angry. But then the driver turned around and drove past the building in the other direction. And I was like, sweet. And they kept driving. And I was like, heck no, I'm not dealing with this. So I called Amazon headquarters. And they explained, I explained the situation. I said, I'm just really confused. Um, I don't understand what's happening. And they said, we don't either. We keep trying to contact the driver. They're not answering their phone. And they decided to make a complaint and talk to the driver. And they said, we can only give you a $15 credit. I was like, well, whatever. Yippee skippy. Um, but they said they'd try again. And they came, they came back like the next day. Um, and I even have more Amazon stories to tell you as we go through semester. One just happened a couple days ago, but I'll save that for another homily. But as I was, I was like just really angry and really frustrated. The Lord's like, I want you to preach on this. And I was like, whatever. I'm, just, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm taking a leap of faith here. But I, I just, as I was reflecting on that experience, I just wonder how many of us, you know, we're at the door. We're at this breaking point in our own lives, actually making breakthroughs if we actually give God an authentic chance this semester. You know, some of us maybe are telling ourselves, well, if I walk past a Newman Center, that's kind of like going in, right? It's kind of like being holy. Or if I walk past a church, that's, that's just as good as going in, right? But it's like, no, that's not even an attempt. Or I wonder how many of us are even, are not even approaching the door because maybe we just, we just been hurt badly. Like we have, we have a lot of, uh, as they call it, baggage, and it's left us with like zero hope. And maybe you're kind of here thinking like, this is the last chance. I'll go maybe one, one Sunday this semester so I can tell my mom I went to mass, right? Or your dad or your grandma or whoever you try to please. But I wonder, you know, how many of us have never, under, have never considered what good could happen if we open the door to God. I think a lot of us have been fed lines as if I open the door to God, like the guillotine's gonna come down. Like I had a lot of experience with atheists over this past break. And they think like, if, some, if they open their, their, their light to God or they open themselves to God, they're going to start on fire or something. I had a few of them say that to me, like literally in front of me, and I'm like, I haven't seen it happen yet. One of them was my hairstylist, and she did an okay job, so good for her. Um, but I just want to share with you and just be real with you about the doors that I opened that I'm not happy that I opened in my life. And I want to share with you some of the doors I closed that I'm not happy that I closed. I also want to share with you, you know, once I encountered the Lord, doors that... Um, I wish I would have opened when I was your age. You know, when I was, um, when I was encountering the Lord, uh, and even before I encountered the Lord, I, I opened a lot of bad doors. I, I'm not proud of this. I'm not shining any light upon myself. I want to I shine light on what the Lord has done in my life. 
You know, I, I, I was um, from a small town. We, we drank a lot, and I opened the door a lot, just opening a can over and over and over or whatever. Um, I'm not proud of it, but, like, I would even crush pills, pain pills, and my friends and I would snort that kind of stuff. I opened that door. And I played a lot of demonic games when I was growing up. I didn't know they were bad, but I opened that door. I was, I was doing things like yoga. I, was, I, was, I, was in, I got into pornography in college. I opened that door. Uh, I had a lot of um, drinking bouts where I, I drank excessively. And I would even drink and drive. And I'm not happy I opened that door, but I did. Having a lot of impure relationships, even committing theft at work, I opened that door. I gossiped, and it hurt a lot of people. I was also a bully in, in school because, out of my own brokenness. And I even went on social media to find relationships, never even considering it was God I was looking for. And that's just like the smallest version I could give you, right? There are many more doors that I opened that I'm not proud of. But I also had a lot of closed doors. I was pretty closed off. Having true friends, like I hardened my heart completely in middle school because I wanted authentic friendships so badly, but out of my immaturity, I already completely hardened my heart by middle school. I closed a lot of doors to a lot of people. My motto in, in middle school and even a little bit in the high school is this, don't trust anybody. I live by that. I breathe that. Don't get too close to me, you know. I really struggled letting people see me and love me because I was so broken. I tried to do what a lot of us do. I tried to be somebody else. And I closed doors to doing something I I really encourage a lot of people to do this day is I I closed the door to being mentored. When I was in fifth grade, I was, I had a, a, I was, was a boys and girls club and there was a, a gentleman who worked there, and he's really good at basketball, and he worked with me every single day, and we worked for like three, four hours a day from like 3.30 until 7.38 every day. And then it came time for games, and I just sat the bench. I said, screw this. I am so done with this. I hardened my heart even more. And there's more doors that I closed, but there's also a lot of them that I never opened. Never joined a Bible study. Never did that. And if I, know, if I knew what happened in Bible studies now, I would join one in a heartbeat. I never went to Catholic conferences growing up. That's where I felt called to be a priest at a men's conference in 2007. I never prayed the rosary. I love the rosary. I never decided to actually spend time with people who desired to be saints. You know, as soon as, like, alcohol was gone, those friends didn't want to be around me. As soon as... You know, the ball is gone in sports. I played baseball, basketball, football, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And baseball in college, and as soon as the ball is gone, it's like they didn't care about me. I also didn't, I never considered opening the door to this idea of forgiveness. You know, going to adoration. My dad always told me when you go to daily mass, I didn't know daily mass existed. You have, there's mass on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday too. Going to daily mass, my dad said there's special graces there for you if you go. I also never asked like the why behind the what in the Catholic faith. I never, I don't have a big issue with the rules of the Catholic faith. I was just pretty numb. Like I just, just and when someone said something like, oh, okay. Like I didn't know you had to go to confession if you missed mass or if you, and you wanted to receive commu- communion or if you committed a major sin, a mortal sin, you had to go to confession before receiving communion. Like I, I didn't know that stuff. I also never went to confession. When I heard that, I was like, okay. 
I also never asked God if he was real. I just kind of took him for granted. I figured God was kind of out there. The whole idea of like the incarnation of God becoming a person. But eventually I did open some of those doors. I started praying with scripture. And it was actually uplifting and refreshing. I remember the first time I heard our first reading today. And I literally wept. Because I was on this verge of like feeling called to be a priest. Scared as all get out. And I can just remember weeping with hope that God thought of me. When, I, like when he created everything, he thought of me. And as he thought of you too. We hear the words today. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Like to be known. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I consecrated you. Which means I set you apart for a specific reason. Like God created you for this time, this place, for a specific reason. And when I finally had, had to face my fears and fight the demons that plagued me in order to actually see what God was calling me to and what he, what he, why he created me, I began to have clarity because I, I entered into the fight of actually closing the doors and opening other doors. And it's the same for everyone here. You know, God has a plan for each of us, some bigger than others, why we don't know. But the battle for your soul began the day you were conceived. God wanted you forever. He wanted you to know his plan. He wanted you to know true happiness, true love, true freedom. And Satan said, no. The battle began the day you were conceived and I was conceived. You know, one thing that I, I began to find out after I encountered Jesus at Mass in the, in the Eucharist and in confession and in community life is this. Sin never made me more. Sin always made me less. And sin always had this simple solution. Just go sin some more. You drank, now go smoke some pot, right? Oh, you stole, now go use it to buy things that you don't need. It was just this thing that just kept creeping up. One solution. Sin always had one solution. And it made me think and believe something I think a lot of us struggle with. I think a lot of us, the reason why we sometimes we avoid our faith is because we feel like we're too far gone. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really screwed up. Or I've really, really screwed up. I'm damaged goods. That's kind of the interior dialogue that starts happening when we're silent. Which is why so many of us spend time with noise. So as we start the semester, Jesus is most likely wanting to give you another chance. You know, letting him be the center of your life. To open the door to him. But if you do that, I just have to warn you, there's going to be suffering. I wish I could say it's all rainbows and lollipops and gumdrops once you make that leap of faith, but it's not. But as Catholics, the beautiful thing is we live in a God that gives us infinite chances. That's why he gave us priests for confession. We believe that no one is too far gone. You read the lives of the saints. When I read the life of St. Augustine, like I felt like I was reading my own life. And I was like, this guy lived how long ago? And this is, he's done worse things than me? Really? No, Jesus never quits on us. But that's exactly the, the thing that Satan wants for you to do and I to do. It's just quit. Just like, it's that, it's that simple. Just quit. But facing your fears 
and demons will not be easy. Believe me, saying no to drugs was not easy because it was fun. Drinking insane amounts of alcohol, using the F word in every single sentence, I had a foul mouth. Stopping those bad habits was not easy. Saying no to people who are toxic in my life, but I actually enjoyed their company, was really, really difficult. At times, it felt like I was detoxing from drugs, from addictions. And there was even a deep loneliness at times, and even a severe boredom, because I was just kind of into anything that made me feel good. I didn't care what it was. In many ways, I was like a man who reasoned like a child. We just heard that from from St. Paul today. He said, when I was a child, I used to talk as a child, think as a child, reason as a child, but when I became a man, I put childish things aside. You know, children, the thing they, they don't do is they don't see how what they do affects other people around them. But people that mature, they say, wow, I have a family I represent. I have a school I represent. I have a church I represent, whatever it might be. And you realize it's all bigger than you. And I believe many of us are being prompted right now by the Holy Spirit to put aside childish things. And to believe again, or maybe even to believe for the first time ever, But I believe the invitation is to do something different. It's it's to stop going at it alone. That was like my biggest mistake I made. I want to do it on my own. I said, I didn't know, I didn't think of community. I didn't think of mentoring because I closed those doors, right? Now, I I don't know what, what hurts or present sufferings or past sufferings you carry with you here tonight. But what is needed is a lot of courage to begin again and again and again and again and not quit. You know, as that Amber driver parked in front of the Newman Center this past week. One thing I forgot in that moment is how good Jesus has been to me. I could have done something so simple as just walk up to the door so they could see me. Or I could have even maybe just walked out to the Amazon van and just waved. And just taking that little bit of faith Maybe that person in the van was having a hard day. Maybe that's how your break was. Maybe it was just really, really hard. We read in Revelation 3.20, Jesus says this to each of us. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. That means you have to open the door We believe in a God that gives you free will. He never forces himself upon us. Everything in our faith is literally an invitation. Everything is literally an invitation. So I gave you those handouts. And you saw those on 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 there. I want you to take this with you. I just want to look over this really, just briefly. I think the door is a beautiful image of faith. You know, when, I, when, I, when, I, when you look at these questions, the first thing I want to encourage you to do is it says to start simple and pray the words, come Holy Spirit. Invitation, right? You're inviting the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a love between the Father and the Son. And maybe just ask yourself, like, what doors do I need to open or close this semester? And just be real. The temptation, I believe, for a lot of us is to try to shut all the doors at once. Good luck with that. It didn't work well for me. I'm warning you, don't try it. Uh, this year, our, our, our patroness is St. Therese, and she has this beautiful spirituality called the little way, doing little things with great love. 
So maybe just consider closing little doors first and then get to the big ones. Maybe just ask yourself, you know, like focusing on hope. You know, what, what would your life look like if you started making these changes? Or what could, what could your life look like? And I think a lot of us, we get caught in this negative, pessimistic space. All these, oh, what if? Oh my gosh, what if? Oh my gosh, but like, what if you humble yourself and eventually overcome your bad habits and then have confidence to help other people do the same? And I'm sure you're all aware of that people are struggling in our world right now. We have a mission. And focus on what you can control rather than what you can't. And one thing you and I can control is our effort. Just to try. Like to keep trying. I think a lot of the reason why a lot of us don't is because we make excuses. And, I, and the third question is, what, what excuse or excuses do I need to stop making to have more hope? If anything is that important to you, you don't make excuses. You make it happen. That's how we live our lives. The number one thing I hear from people, I'm sure nobody here is, I don't have time. I don't have time. Or it doesn't fit my schedule. For anyone who says, says that, I just want to challenge you to start saying it's not a priority instead of I don't have time. Just start saying that to people. It's just not a priority. And then people will then see how you really feel. And one of the most successful basketball coaches, when he talks about excuses, his name is John Wooden. He says, never make excuses. He said, your friends don't need them and your opponents won't believe them. Never make excuses. Or as I was told as a child, I don't know who told me this one, but I, I still use it, but he said, excuses are like butts. Everyone has one and they all stink, right? Maybe not yours, but I know other people do, right? So if you, if you have ever felt or believed in your life that you are too far gone, I just want to ask you and invite you right now just to, just to have your hands open. We believe in a God who likes to see us trying, right? Often when I pray, I just sit there with my hands open. I said, I don't have a clue what to do, Lord, but this is the best I got. And I show, show, my, hands, or I show my hands open. So if that's you, or maybe you could do it for somebody else, but I just want to end by giving you a blessing because what blessings do is they free us to make good decisions. And I just want to call upon the Holy Spirit to, to open the door of faith and to close the door of doubt on your hearts. And it's very normal when you pray just to close your eyes. If you want to do that, you can. If you want to open your hands, you can just place them on your lap. And I just want to end with a blessing. So you please pray with me in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank and praise you for every single person here to have the courage to come to Mass tonight. Please reveal the truth to each of them. And in the name of Jesus, please remove all doubt and help instill a deep belief and faith that everybody here is not too far gone. Please give them the help, the grace, to be a part of our community, to be a part of some type of support network that can help them continue to open the door. And please give them the grace to close the doors little by little so that they can become the man or the woman that you created them to be. And please help them know that you are always with them 
standing at the door and knocking. Please help them hear your voice and open the door and invite you in each day. Come, Holy Spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.